as soon as I got got back um, in lessons with Mike, he said, oh, suddenly you have opinions now, do you? Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast, the show for eventing fans, by eventing fans. Karen, as usual, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Cowboy Magic, and their wonderful products. So this week, what do we have? This week, we have the Cowboy Magic Concentrated Rosewater Shampoo. It works instantly. The fast-working ingredients break down dirt and unwanted matter quickly without damaging hair. The silk molecules reflect prism light, giving the hair a rich, natural shine as it restores vibrant beauty. Vibrant beauty? Yeah. You're talking about me? Yeah. That's what you of course I am. Me. <laughs> I love it. The rosewater shampoo, great stuff. Absolutely. It even has a little bit of conditioning products in yes. it, Karen. So, fantastic stuff. We love Cowboy Magic. Get out there, buy your Cowboy Magic. Support the show by buying Cowboy Magic, right, yeah. Karen? Yes. So, thank you so much, Cowboy Magic. We sure do appreciate you. Introducing Ultimate Recovery, a new equine nutritional supplement from Buckeye Nutrition. We train our horses to improve performance, build strength and skills, and to prevent injury. But just as important as practicing is recovery. The three main keys to recovery are proper hydration, high-quality protein, and replenishment of glycogen in the muscles. In addition, the stress of travel can affect gut health. With this in mind, Buckeye Nutrition has scientifically developed a brand new equine supplement designed specifically to support exercise recovery. With built-in electrolytes, branched-chain amino acids, controlled carbohydrates, and both pre- and probiotics, our equine nutritionists have formulated Ultimate Recovery to support recovery from exercise for the school horse to the racehorse. Help your horse be ready to perform with Ultimate Recovery. And check out BuckeyeNutrition.com for more information or to contact one of our expert equine nutritionists. Red and Goat is not just for winter anymore. The Red and Goat rain gear is here. Order yours today by clicking the link in the show notes or go to RedandGoatEquestrian.com. Shop, 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 shop. Shop Major League of Anyway, Karen. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> in your face with the shop. So yeah, just so excited. We're launching the the, the store again. Uh, you know, we already had the hats. We we still have the hats. We have the cool T-shirts, Karen. Mm-hmm. We have the cool phone cases. Oh yeah, right. Oh yeah. So we have all types of different major league eventer shirts in men's and ladies cuts. Yes, and even uh, youth. And even youth. Link is in the show notes. Check it out, and uh, we hope that you find something you like in there. Thanks a lot. I'm Karen. And I'm Rob. Karen, super excited for the Major League Eventing podcast today. Oh yeah. Today we have uh, someone who's been on the U25 list for many years and now is on the developmental training list uh, for the USEF. Welcome to the show, Jacob Fletcher. Welcome. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Good time to be here. Yeah, Jacob. Yeah. Uh, we haven't seen you in person since it's been, what's it been, Karen? A it's couple been of years? about two years. Two, three years. We were down mm-hmm. there at Liz Holidays for, uh, our son Joe was in the U20, U18s and you were a U25 rider and for whatever reason you, you had to slip in on that group. So we got to meet you down there. So... It's been a little while. 
they just decided I was too old for the U25s that year, just two years ago. But now I'm now I'm too old for the U25. So <laughs> you do the math on that. It's pretty confusing. <laughs> Developmental on the, on the big on the oh, big yeah. stage oh, yeah. with the big hitter, heavy hitter. I love it. I love it. I been love, love it watching you ride and everything. And and uh, so it's gonna be a lot of fun for us, isn't it? Sure it, is. Yeah. So hey, before we get started, Jacob, we always like to figure out people are always traveling. We know you have a couple different farms. Where, where are you at right now? Coming to us from. Uh, we are in, I'm, I'm in Arkansas as we speak, um, but we are headed down to Florida this coming Monday for the Florida Horse Park competition um, and a few weeks of training with Leslie. So we're, we're bumping back and forth. We're turning back into nomads. <laughs> we'll be permanently down in Florida again uh, by late September. Okay. All right. Wow. So Wow. Yeah, you are bumping back and forth. <laughs> How long of a drive is that from our, between Arkansas and your place in Ocala? 15 hours. Oof. Oh, piece of cake. Yeah, it's not short. <laughs> and it's, it is, and it is going to be, well, the, the forecast, I hope it's wrong, but right now it is so hot on Monday. I think we're going to like leave at 10 PM and drive through the night, which we haven't done before. So see how that goes. Yeah. Oof. A couple five hour energies and some coffees. Oh, yeah. And, I don't know, sunflower seeds, something to keep you going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome awesome so we have so much to get into right yeah Karen? we got a lot to get into but first jacob can you take us back and tell us how you actually got your start in riding and then worked your way into eventing sure uh i started uh having lessons when i was four years old and i i don't actually remember what uh got me interested in horses i just remember wanting to ride uh both of my parents did kind of trail riding and that kind of stuff growing up they had like the family horse that everybody learned to ride on in the South, both of them, uh, my dad, when he was like 14, traded his horse in for a four-wheeler, and he, he was done with horses after that. But but anyway, so my, my parents had kind of horsey backgrounds-ish in their childhood, but I wasn't introduced to any horses or anything like that. I just got a bug somehow, and, uh, you know, I tried soccer and basketball and taekwondo and all that stuff, and I, you know, picked daisies when I played soccer and <laughs> didn't do anything else when I played anything else, but... So my parents told me that if I uh, did lessons for a whole year, uh, that they'd get me a pony. Uh, they made that promise thinking there was no way I was ever going to follow through. But anyway, here we are now. Um, so <laughs> I think I, I, I actually did lessons for like a year and a half and then they got me a pony and I competed on that one and it's just kind of snowballed from there. I started in Arkansas and just kept on moving up the grades until, until I met Mike from there. Mike Cuber, the Area 5 coach, and it just kind of went on from there. But it's kind of funny, you know, normally everybody has a unique story like that, that they just had the bug somehow. And um, I guess it was the same for me. Yeah. So now now you met you met Mike Cuber. How old were you? Now, Mike Cuber, Hall of Famer. Uh, everyone probably knows of Mike Cuber. Um, we should get him on the show, Karen. Yeah, there we go. Maybe mm-hmm. Jacob can give us the number. Yeah. The digits and we you guys should have him on the show. He's a, le- <laughs> he's a legend. I know. we got to get him on. I- I uh, actually, funnily, I didn't, I didn't meet, uh, Mike directly. I did, which is kind of like a turning point for me and my parents. I was, we just bought, bought a, um, just start finished doing kind of off the track thoroughbreds and my parents decided to get me something I could learn on. And, um, they, they bought a, a Pinto horse from Philip Dutton called Falcon Splash. And I, I just gotten them and to start learning the ropes, we'd, uh, entered into, a, a, an O'Connor clinic. And David really helped me out that weekend and he, he talked to my parents and me and 
told us we should should head over to Mike Huber that he's in our area and he would do a really good job by us. And you know, we were so small town in Arkansas, I'd never heard of him. I don't know how, but um, all that existed up until that point was Arkansas and a few, you know, like one show in Louisiana, one show in Texas. But that was when I was um, 13 years old, and so that winter um, I met Mike. And then I went and lived with him, and I lived with him um, every summer for the next three or four years. And I trained with him at every show, and he's like a, you know, big coaching figure, father figure, everything. And that's how I started with him from the ground up, and he helps me out all the time, all the time today still. Wow. So. Oh, that's awesome. It is awesome. Uh, you know what I like about that the most is that it's like, it, you know, you, you weren't genetically an equestrian. You know, you weren't, you, you weren't born into it necessarily and and you know it's just a matter of going out there and trying and you know going to a good clinic and then meeting people and doing a good job and showing that you're a hard worker and then someone like the o'connors will you know try to help you get along you know and move and next thing you know you get this amazing coach i mean i guess it sounds like at the time you didn't even realize like you were getting like an olympian like (laughs) you know a gold medal you know painted gold medalist like you're just like all right i'll go try and get lessons to this guy but it's so important to get really quality instruction early on i think you know i think that's that's definitely the key to a good well the biggest thing it makes life so much easier instead of having to go back and relearn it you know Mm -hmm. when i was 14 i think i think i think when i got to him um the the woman sarah bradley who started me as a kid and brought me up until i went to mike did a great job just having us jump every you know we could jump everything very confidently and quietly and nicely but but we very infrequently did dressage lessons so mike had a whole lot on his plate with me trying to get me to do a dressage test before before Young Ryan the first year. So, credit to him for to not pulling all of his hair out over that. Was he your Young Rider coach as well? I know he was coaching Young Riders. Is that your area that you were in? He, he was he, he was the Young Rider coach for Area 5 and and he he held the whole the whole Young Rider uh, program together for Area 5, produced a, an insane amount of medals for our area. So, yeah, I think I think he gets just about all the credit for how well Area Five did for all of those years. Wow, man! Anyway, you'll have to have him on to talk about I to know. talk about I that. Do that, yeah. Tell us more about Mike. Just kidding. So, so as you as you kind of moved on, you eventually you know you got some horse from Great Britain, and and then you moved over there. Can you tell us about how you transitioned from the time with Mike, and then you made this move, and and how you juggled that along with school and everything? Sure. So, uh, um, Falcon was going really well and he'd done really well at, um, the last year I did young riders on him and, uh, my parents and Mike had decided it was time to get a second one coming up the ranks, um, behind Falcon. So we went, we went to the, Mike took me to the UK, um, and through, um, an English agent named Susie Pragnell, we found a horse called the prof and it's, uh, probably the nicest horse I've still had to this day. It, he's an unbelievable horse. And um, Mike and I brought him up to the what is now the four-star short level. And we were getting ready to do a four-star long. Um, and as we were doing the, the gallops on the lead-up to um, the Bromont four-star long, he started um, <clears throat> bleeding out of his nose um, after the gallops. And it wasn't... It wasn't um, something small at first they thought it was uh just like a busted um capillary in his nose because it was not much but to be safe we um took him back and 
scanned his lungs and everything, and it wasn't it was not good. But they just thought that he was a bleeder, so we did a ton of like work back with um, the um, nebulizer and all kinds of other things we could find and try uh, back at Root and Riddle in Kentucky. And um, it's what what it progressed really crazy though. It turned into um, cancer in his lungs, and it got yeah metastasized all through his other organs. So he went from being a taught, you know, like an amazing horse to having a bit, bit of a struggle fitness wise to then bleeding a bit. And then, you know, two months later, he was struggling to walk and everything. So it was really sad and depressing for me. And, um, I, I moved, well, not, I moved, I originally was just going to the UK to look for another young horse, um, while he was just getting worked on at, at the time when we just thought it was bleeding. And they they did the extra workup and found the cancer while I was over there. So I flew back to see him and did all of that and said goodbye. Um, but it just felt like a, you know, I had not planned it at all, but it felt like an appropriate time for me to kind of step away from, from the U.S. because I'd already been over the U.K. and made some friends and contacts. It was kind of a fresh start for me that I needed at the time. Anyway, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Sure. So, um... Found, we found some um, new horses in the UK through Susie Pragnell and Yvonne Monaghan in Ireland. And I'd met uh, an Australian guy named Kevin McNabb when I was over there looking at horses. And I uh, talked to him and ended up basing with him for the whole year of 2014. And uh, that was a really formative experience for me. Um, he's a master horseman and still the best jockey I think I've ever met and it shows in his horsemanship and his training, not just his riding. And, you know, I had the privilege of learning, learning heaps from him and his wife, Emma, uh, while I was over there and they're, they're still really close contact too. you know, him and Mike and, and Leslie, both all three of those guys, I, I can, um, send them videos, you know, on a weekly basis or pick up the phone anytime. And they're there with plenty of, plenty of, um, ideas to help me. So anyway. Gotcha. Now, how, how old were you at this time when you went over to, to uh, Britain for a year? Uh, 2014. Oh, you're going to make me say my age. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's important to know, uh, you, were you still would, in school? Were you in high school or were you in college in between or? I was, I had done, uh, I was 19 for the half, for half the year and 20 for the other half. I had done, um, my freshman year. And the first semester of my sophomore year. Okay. Okay. So. Gotcha. So you just took a kind of a gap um, I did, year. I, I have to say, I did find it easier to go back because I'd already done one year. If if I'd never done college, I think I would have found it harder to go back Interesting. Um, from doing nothing, if that makes any sense. Yeah. yeah. So. How about that? That wasn't planned at all, but. <laughs> well, I totally get to the idea of saying, listen, I'm kind of in between horses. I'm at a spot where I can pick up and move kind of fairly easy, get a fresh start, get my head clear. I just had this kind of traumatic experience. Yes. I I understand why you went over there and I think it's a great experience to do that for sure. And obviously it it helped you out a lot. Yeah, it was a, it was a, uh, yeah, it was definitely a transformative experience for me. And like, like, like you kind of said, I just didn't have an anchor anymore and it just felt like it just felt like the right thing to do. Um, but I I had a great time over there with good horses. And, um, I came back in the fall of that year. Um, and I went straight back to working with Mike that fall. 
and then and then Leslie starting in the winter. But as soon as I got got back uh, in lessons with Mike, he said, "Oh, suddenly you have opinions now, do you?" I <laughs> 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 <That's> <laughs> developed my my own my own ideas, I guess. I don't know. Well, you know, you come back a little more trained yeah. up, you know, and you probably you probably in his yeah. mind, you know, a little bit of time too. It's kind of like I think a lot of times we find with like a young horse. You know, like you bring them up and they're babies and they're young. And then, you know, like like Boyd was just talking about on another interview I heard him doing where he had some young horses and he was a little injured. So Philip rode him and he kind of started pushing them a little bit harder than Boyd would. It's like it's pretty common when you have this young horse or even like a young student like you all of a sudden take you from, you know, Mike was probably used to having a 14 year old greenhorn. And now you came back uh, a young man with, a you know experience in britain you know what i mean so and it was probably a little bit of a shock for him too that all of a sudden you come back as a man you know in his eyes and 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 in your and in the way you carried yourself so i can kind of see where even going away for that little bit of time was good for for you to be able to you know like you say have a little bit of an opinion in, in a good way yeah exactly i think it was that way and then uh credit to mike too he never he never got to have me for like two full years all day every day where you could hammer a program and a system into me. Yeah, unfortunately, because I would go back and forth a lot. In the summer, he could, but when I was coming back and forth in between, he would be, he would be having to patch patch me up for the show mm-hmm. instead of installing the theory and the ideas behind everything. If that makes any sense, yeah. too. So, oh yeah. And then you said you mentioned Leslie. That's Leslie Law. And d- did you meet Leslie f- from being named to like the under 18s and under 25s? Is that how you? I I I you know, could say hello, Mr. Leslie. And he'd say, Hey Jacob before then. Um, but that was the first time I'd really worked with him and, and really gotten to know him was at the start of the U 25s when I got back. Um, and that was in 2015. So, um, and, and I really enjoy Leslie. We have a, a similar style and we just get along really well. Um, and, you know, I like everything to feel nice and easy all the time. And he puts the pressure on me to make it, <laughs> make everything a bit tougher to progress. <laughs> it's been, uh, uh, really good for me to have him there too. So. Gotcha. And now, so, and now all, all this time, once you got back to the States and you were traveling between Arkansas and Florida, you were in college. So can you tell us about how, you know, how you juggled that whole thing together? Yeah, I did. I had, um, uh, I think we had like between, five and seven horses at a time when I was in college. Uh, I had a, I had a, a groom though, Julius Spat, who worked for me at the time. And I just timed my, you know, I picked classes that scheduled me to where I had a large slot of time to ride every day. And we just made it work. It wasn't that tough. Actually, the, the hardest thing was, um, uh, having to go beg your professors to let you reschedule exams. Cause a lot of them are, really strict about that but but it worked out i never had too much of a too much of a struggle with it gotcha was there yeah. a college eventing team i think you were? say say that again was sorry there a college eventing team at school no there wasn't a college eventing team no there was there wasn't there wasn't really any any equestrian teams or anything like that no but um what the hard thing about college is because of where i went to college in arkansas um, I mean, I, there were some major pluses for me staying in Arkansas and going to the U of A, but the minuses were, I couldn't stay down in Florida. 
I was, you know, writing on my own the vast majority of the time. I could only send videos and get reactive um, comments okay. on my on my stuff yeah. instead of proactive comments in the moment. Yeah. There was no chance to go around and oh, you do that first round and then say change this. There was no none of that. There was you, you you had to do it every time wrong and then wait for video feedback. Yeah, that's that's exactly tough. exactly. I was quite happy to do trial and error, but if you know if you're you know if you have a coach with you and you're not quite doing trial and error and you're getting it right nine times out of ten it progresses a lot faster. Gotcha. And and it leaves less confusion for the rider too. But that being said, me having to do the trial and error trial and error and figure it out myself, I think, um, uh, sped up me being able to do it on my own in the sense that I was comfortable being able to work things out and had a way of doing things too. Gotcha. And when you got out of college, did you go straight to doing this full time? Was this uh, like a ready-made business? No. So I, I took a really quiet year in 2016. I did not compete much that year. Um, and I, crammed in i think i did something crazy like 25 hours um in the winter spring and summer the first summer semester to graduate um because i'd taken the year off i had to cram a lot to graduate on time and so i did that and then i moved back to central arkansas where my parents live where we were building a facility and so in the summer and fall i moved back home to do that and then start working at my family's business. And so I was juggling doing that with the horses. So the horses were still worked every day, but they just did national horse trials. I did not do any large FEIs uh, the year 2016. I think I, I think I maybe just did the jockey club four star short at the end of the year, but no for, but no longs or anything. So. Gotcha. And are you full time now? Or are you still doing the family business stuff? Uh, it's, it's a mix. I, this, this winter, I didn't do any, well, I did, I, I do, I do, um, investments and then, and then I also help with the, my parents, my family does car dealerships. So I help with the insurance side, the F and I and insurance sales and the car dealerships. And then I help my, my family with investments too. So I do, I've done investments throughout the winter, but I had not done any of the finance and insurance F and I. Um, this winter, uh, but I've started doing that since I've been back in Arkansas and I think we've gotten it going well enough to where I can do it via satellite. So when I move back, I can continue doing it. Wow. wow. Man. So anyone out there wants some stock tips? <laughs> there we go. We got our boy Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> I could, I could do it. I could do it legally with my family. I can't do it with the, with other people. I need to go get my license, uh, so it's not so dodgy. Okay. <laughs> it also terrifies me giving people advice on that because as soon as I give give advice, it's going to plummet the next day. Right? <laughs> I mean, that, definitely, if you gave me advice, because I can't. I, I I'm the worst gambler, and I consider <laughs> stocks gambling, but. Yeah, I'm, it, it, it bet against me. And if you see me at the blackjack table, just sit next to me. Bet against me. Whatever. You know what's funny? I I love the market, but gambling terrifies me. I played two rounds of blackjack. Had no idea what I was doing. Just lost like ten bucks, but it terrified me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible feeling. And I play the penny slots. <laughs> yeah, Karen plays the penny slots, and we're we're the type of people we walk in with twenty dollars, and when we break even we we walk out yeah. we're, we're terrible 
where to watch. <laughs> That's fun. So, so that kind of takes us up to now. The current business is 501 Sport Horses. 501s, I guess I'm assuming the area code in Arkansas where you're from, which is really cool. Uh, can you tell That's us about, it. Can you tell us about the business and you know your locations and 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 everything that you do over there? Sure. So, so we're we're just 30 minutes outside of the capital of Arkansas, Little Rock, which is right in the center, um, in a town called Cabot, Arkansas. And we've got a nice big facility here with cross country schooling, a nice uh, turf jumping derby field, I guess you could call it, and a covered ring for jumping and dressage. And um, we do boarding and training here for horses in sales for clients that want to have lessons and want to compete, and for owners that want to be part of the journey. Trying to make some, trying to make and own parts of top horses too. Um, we're in Arkansas, basically from the end of the Florida season, and kind of what we've normally done is we finish finish our season at Jersey Fresh, which is what is that? It's normally right around my birthday, like mid May. Yeah. And so we come back home around mid May, and we normally go back down mid October, just in time for the the Chattahoochee just before um, the Jockey Club competition and that's kind of how we how we arrange we have a place in ocala florida too and we be bought between between the two facilities wow and and uh we i'd like to say we do sales we have some really nice sales horses but it's been hard to get people to come try horses in arkansas because uh, most people don't like flying at the moment and arkansas is not necessarily super close to the majority of eventers mm-hmm. so but anyway, hopefully that will change when we get down to Florida. Yeah, that's uh, that that is kind of tough because a lot of times people like that's the great thing about Ocala is you know people say you, you always see it on 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 like Facebook. Hey, I'm going to Ocala horse shop and you know show me what you got and you know the people will spend the weekend hopping on horses and and it's just tough to say all right now let's come out here to look at three or four horses twelve hours away. You know that's tough. Yeah, I think that, yeah, exactly. And, and the, uh, the, you know, kind of the niche budget for, for our area is, is, um, lower than what we currently have to. And, gotcha. and I, they're not, and, and what's hard is for, for the budget that our horses are in, you can see, you know, like just exactly like you said, you can see 10 to 15 in Ocala versus, you know, two to four here. So, right. but yeah. anyway, we'll just, we'll just keep chugging along until we figure out how to do it. Now, are these horses that you source, or that, or are they, are they things you're breeding, or what, what do you, how, how are you getting these horses? Are they consignment? Or? We've, we've got, we've got a kind of a, a funny mix. I've found some really, really, really good breeders in in the U.S. that we've bought two and three year olds from uh, that have turned out to be seriously good horses. Um, a few of the horses we've sourced through Susie Pragnall and Yvonne Monahan again in the U.K. and and in Ireland. Um, imported them ourselves and then we've actually uh, Stephanie Wiley and I she's a she part owns um, the 501 Wiley girl horse and a few nice young ones too her and I have uh, started a breeding business together um, we started last year well technically two years ago but well sorry three years ago but this year we have four yearlings um, and one two weanlings and we are going to be breeding we've bred we've got two in fall and we'll have some more coming along next year too wow. so nice. once once we get to the four-year mark it'll be excited because we'll have new ones every year yeah but it's a whole lot of hurry up and wait until then i bet 
Man, now, did, will you do the breaking and all that, or will you send that type of thing off, or how, how would that work? No, um, we, we do the breaking here, too. We've we've broken in quite a few horses now. Um, my head girl, Erin Jameson, is really good at it, and I'm so I'm so tall and lanky. I don't know if that's a good excuse or not, but I worry <laughs> that if I get up there flailing, they'd be quite nervous, so <laughs> we chuck her on, because she's a lot smaller. <laughs> and so, so far, it's all been positive experiences, so Man, we'll keep great. doing it ourselves until that changes. And do you, do you guys have like a preferred like type of blood that you're bringing in? Like what type of horses you're, you're mixing up? Yeah, we've got a mixture. So we have some, some horses we've bred, um, commercially. Uh, so good moving, good brain, sound mares to show jumping horses, really good show jumpers. Um, and they normally end up if, if you do the math, they end up between 40 and 50% thoroughbred. Right. Nice. And, and you can have that percentage of thoroughbred. Um, some of them are that percentage and still at the top of the game. But, but uh, I think what you run the risk of is if you just breed for high blood to every horse, a lot of them won't move and may, may not jump good enough. And then may also not have the brain for an amateur. So, so we went the route to be a little conservative on the amount of thoroughbreds. Uh, but make sure that we bred for good movers and good jumpers. But in each year, we do have one we took a bit of risk on, and and is more the seventy to eighty percent thoroughbred range. Gotcha. Hmm. I love it. I think it's really cool. You you're mixing it all. I think that's yeah. beautiful, especially yeah. You kind of you mix it up. You see what's see see what see what comes out. You know. I love it. Well, yeah. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know what I'm. I, you know, I'm saying all this, but I have no idea what I'm doing either. So <laughs> you'll have to ask in five or six years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure they're going to be good. And, you know, I think yeah. a lot of it has to do with, you know, there's a, there's a market for every type of horse, you know, so not everyone needs a five-star horse, you know, so you just breed nice quality sound horses and you, 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 you back them properly and the rest will take care of itself. You know, the horse will tell you the career it wants to have and, and how high up the, it, it wants to go, you know? So. Yes, sir. That's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's uh I think that sounds like a good plan. I'm excited, Karen. It is. I exciting. love hearing about the breeding in America for sport horse because you know Jacob was going overseas for all those years, and it's like you know we have good blood here, and we have so much European blood here. I mean, we, we should be able to to do it, and and people don't have to go, go overseas. We do, and that's what we found exciting. You know, is Stephanie has done most of the groundwork on finding the breeders over here, but they're they're very good horses for sale over here too. Now, now, I think you do to get to to get the ones you really want. You do have to be comfortable buying them as yearlings and two year olds um, before they get before they get moved on. But but if you're willing to look and put the time in, they are out there for sure. Gotcha. And do you coach people, or 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 is that not really in your thing? No, no, we we do all of it. Yep, we do we do coaching as well. Cool. We've got we, we've got. Uh, quite a few students here at the moment. Gotcha. And do you take on working students ever? We do take on working students too. We're actually looking for one right now. Shout out to anybody listening <laughs> that wants to come down to Florida. It's a great experience. And um, yeah, and it's a very good experience. Like I said, lots of lots of work with the horses and you will not be completely worked into the dirt. It's a very beneficial experience for both. We make sure of it. How many folks do you have over there in, in your business? Say that again, sorry. How many folks do you have working with you there? Uh, working at the moment, we have got, um, I've got Aaron, Aaron Jameson, the head girl, and then 
Um, a new girl on Dean's been with us for a few months and she grooms and, and exercise rides. And, um, we have, um, a guy named Willie who helps with the horses and he, um, helps, helps keep all the facility maintained too. Gotcha. And then we've got, uh, a girl that was a working student for us last year, uh, that's going to, in Florida, that was, that's going to be a working student for us again this time in Florida. Her name's Anna. And she's going to meet us down there late September when we head down. So right we've got three we, three people. We're going to try and do four because we've got um, 17 horses total this year going down to Florida. So it's it's nice to try and get close to a ratio of five to one, I think is what what I was told to try to get to in the U.K., although nobody very nobody ever gets very close to that. <laughs> but. Well, it sounds like a nice, nice little close-knit group there. Yeah, sounds like a good place to go. Get some working student experience. Mm. Where I love the working student program. I, I, think that, I think everyone should do it. I think everyone should do it. And I think that the thing about it is, it's it's a change. It's it's it, it's a great opportunity. And and you don't have to be a wealthy person. You know, a lot of people always feel like they're being held back because of financials or something. Working student is the way to do it. A little bit of the sweat equity into your tra- into your program, and you know you grow and you meet people and you learn and, and think. I mean, just think of all the people just in this interview with Jacob, just that have going and, and meeting people and doing a good job and, and that always progresses into meeting new people and I think that's that's how you get in the sport you know so give Jacob a call and get in there I, I'll tell you what I would love to go to Ocala for the winter that's what I'm talking about I think you have a working student right yeah. here Jacob. <laughs> we, we take a middle aged <laughs> overweight man who doesn't ride <laughs> I'm sure I'm good for I can mix a mean cocktail I don't know I'm kind of fun I'm a fun guy you know <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's probably not what he's looking for exactly, though. Right, you don't have to. You don't have to let. Me, you don't have to tell me I don't get the job. But I, I'll. I assume I'm not in the running. So. Oh, I'm. So, I'm already starting up your paperwork. Yeah. You got it. We could talk. We could talk mutual funds. We will have a good old time. I love cars. I mean, I mean the whole thing. Goodness. Uh, so Jacob, we are going to play quick fire questions. Quick fire questions. Oh no! Oh, oh yes! Yeah. Oh yeah! Oh, yes. oh yeah! And quick fire questions is brought to you by Equest File. Get your 14 day free trial be- by going to equestfile.com. Yep, er. And we're going to ask you five random questions. Super toughies. Karen throws the zingers. She throws the heat, Jacob. All right. Okay, well, I'm a slow thinker, so you might have to give me a second. <laughs> there's no time limit. Yeah, there's no time limit. All right. So, first question Do you have any good luck or superstition before going out cross country? Nope, no superstitions. Nice. Nice. Okay. All right. This is a new one. We, ha- we have to ask you this one Who named you Sugar Daddy Fletch? Oh. <laughs> No, that's that's my Instagram handle for <laughs> everybody out there. <laughs> I made that in like uh, I don't know eighth or ninth grade, and <laughs> my friends helped me come up with it, and I was like, "Oh, that's so cool! Yeah, sugar daddy." <laughs> but anyway, now it's shockingly embarrassing, and the fact that everybody knows it now too. I I've just decided to embrace it, <laughs> and. And it is what it is, but there for a while I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I have this and everybody's starting to see it. <laughs> I think it's, I think, I love it. I think it's awesome. Oh, eh, you know, funny. gotta have a little bit of fun. Uh, Hopefully we didn't embarrass you too bad. Just all in good fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, all right. Who well, you, I'm, pre- who, I'm pretty shameless, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Who was your favorite writer growing up? Favorite writer growing up? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Growing up, like close to now. I mean, uh, my, you know, growing up, Mike was Mike was obviously my favorite. Um, and then now, I would have to say uh, Kevin Kevin McNabb still, and then Piggy French would be oh, the two. Uh, well, and then uh, Chris Burton's obviously definitely right there too. Yeah, yeah. All, all good ones. All top, top quality people. Oh yeah, that's for sure. All right, uh, your favorite event to compete at? Favorite events to compete at? Oh, I've always loved going to Red Hills because of the atmosphere um, at that event. Uh, you know, the the city puts it on, and it's just you know they they bust everybody in from the city that wants to come watch it. So it's a huge atmosphere. And they have like a little trade fair and carnival there too. Okay. So I've always loved competing there. Um, which other ones? Uh, Chad is my favorite prep event by far for any any big event. It's a beautiful venue, and they do a phenomenal job there with all the courses and everything. So it's it's a staple in our calendar all the time. Um, and the top ones, I've I've really enjoyed going to Jockey Club. Um, and I, you know, it's sad to say I never made it up to Fair Hill. I, I don't know why I never made it up to Fair Hill before it became a, a five star, but those, those would be my favorites. Yeah. Well, you got to get up here. You got to get up here to for Fair Hill five star. It's going to be awesome. We live right. Yeah. Down we'll the try road. for next year. We'll see how it goes. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. We live right around the corner. So we've been spying, spying on the progress and it's really coming along. Yeah. Nice. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and they have an event this week and they're going to run the three star on the new course. Yeah. So, Oh, nice. Yeah. It's like a test event. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. All right. Last question. If you could ride any horse, past, present, or fiction, who would it be? This is a tough one. Uh, I said just on the cross country, I would, uh, my, well, I guess I could just phrase it this way. My, my absolute favorite horse to watch cross country is, uh, Toledo Decursor. Wow. Um, so I'm not sure if I could actually ride him because I've been told he's actually really tricky, wow. but he looks absolute class, uh, going around the cross country and the show jumping. So I would say that's it. And that's, that's Tom McEwen's horse. Um, he's a younger really good guy from the from the UK. I think he was on their reg team and did really well with him there. Great Very answer. Cool. I love that. All right. Just a little something off the just not yeah. like, you know, the mainstream. Nope. That's awesome. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Well what's what's the normal answer you guys get for that? Uh, oh, oh we goodness. We've, we've had we've had all types of we've had everything from fictional horses to um well we have like Theodore O'Connor was one not yeah. too long ago. We yeah. had um, uh, Fisher Ricana, yeah. Sam, you all know, those, all those, all those horses, but you know, we've had, uh, um, well, I was really close minded just thinking event horses then if somebody came up with fictional ones. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's whatever, anything, the, the world was open. So but excellent job. I yeah. love the answers. Yeah. I think it was yeah, yeah, yeah. A plus plus, A plus plus. You won Jacob. You won yeah. the whole competition. <laughs> Trophies in the mail. You there?
Manucci? Yeah, sorry, I missed that. Uh, <laughs> we said you did great. Fantastic. Oh, thanks. <laughs> All right, so Jacob, if you do, you have any advice for either a young rider or an or an amateur trying to make it in the sport? If you're a young rider, amateur trying to make it into the sport, um, I think you have to get make sure to get into a good program, um, and you have to stick with that program. I think for a few years. Uh, so you want to make sure that the program's working for you too, that it's, um, also geared towards you becoming more successful too. Um, that'd be my biggest point, point of advice, I guess I would say. I know it's a bit short and no, sounds no. simple when it's not even close to simple, but. No, I do like that a lot. I think it's important. We were kind of touched on that early on. Like, yeah. you know, get in, get in, get in the right program, quality instruction. It's, it's so important. It's so yeah. important. You see so many people. So I think, so, yeah, you can. I think you can get into great programs, um, but the program is in, incredibly successful because it's just geared for the top guy or girl. Um, and if you're in one of those, you should probably stay there. But you want to just make sure you work hard enough or get you know get everybody's attention that you want to be progressing as well yeah. in yeah. the program. So. For right. sure, good advice. Definitely. That is excellent advice. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Now. Uh, we, we, you know, we'll, we'll start winding things down. We always love to, as we, before we kind of wind it completely down, we just like to make sure that if you have any sponsors or supporters that you want to shout out or any last minute, you know, how people follow along or not, not, not how to follow along, but just sponsors, supporters, you know, you want to shout out. Sure. Um, I think, I think I already shouted out to a few owners. Obviously my family's a huge, a huge part of our whole business and everything. So shout out to them. Um, Stephanie is a huge part part of the family and part of the journey too. She's um, a big supporter and owner for a lot of really really exciting horses, and um, we've we've actually trimmed down on our sponsors a bit. But uh, a sponsor that I have been with for I think about ten years now is O um, Three Animal Health. They do omega threes and sixes fatty acid supplements, and they have been absolutely amazing in. Uh, helping our horses look, look at their top shiny coats, strong hooves, you know, things of that nature. If we get clients horses in that look a little bit under the weather or something, we put them on that. Um, they're equal to make a complete supplement and it, it brings them right around in less than 30 days. So huge shout out to them for having, um, a, a really phenomenal product that I've been able to stand behind for, for a very long time. <clears throat> That's awesome. So, Hey, Jacob, is there like, um, we, we ask this question every so often and, um, you know, you can take it any way you want. You can go wild to mild, but, uh, is there like a, a favorite product out there that you would like maybe a shout out? Like, Hey, come sponsor me, which would be kind of fun. I don't know. <laughs> Some people like that question. <laughs> favorite sponsor. I tell you what, I need a clothing sponsor because I go through so many pants and it is so hard to find good guys riding pants and, and riding shirts and everything. So, I don't know what company that is, gotcha. actually, but but I need it if it's out there. There we go. Need Ryan there you Bridges go. Camera. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's awesome. So they're out there. Hey, Jacob's open for business. Yep. So, <laughs> so, hey, as we wind things down, uh, you know, how do we, uh, how do people follow along? We know Sugar Daddy Fletch is the Instagram handle. How about, uh, you know, any other business website, your social media handles, anything like that? We, we've got a we've got a website too, five hundred one sporthorses dot com, um, and the O and five hundred one's an actual O, the letter O, which oh, wow. gets a little confusing That's sometimes. So, apologizing for trying to trying to be crafty. <laughs> uh, 
we've got we've got a Facebook account too. It's five hundred one four horses. Um, and there's there's an Instagram account too. See, I was uh, Aaron and Cornelia told me I would be be in serious trouble if I just shouted out to to my to my handle Sugar Daddy Fletch instead of the horse ones because Aaron's working hard at trying to get it to have followers. Um, it's, I think it's five hundred one sport horses. Same thing gotcha. on on Instagram too. So awesome, awesome. Great. Karen, was this fun or what? Yeah, it was fun. Jacob, it was so good kind of getting to finally know you. We, like I said, we met you a couple of years ago, but, you know, it was business. There was a lot, lot, lot going on then, so there wasn't a lot of time to actually get to say hello and everything like that. But just uh, so great to finally get to meet you, and we hope that we see you out there soon. Yeah, great great to talk to you guys, too. Yeah, it's, I know everybody's been away from each other because of all the, the COVID, but hopefully that's soon to change. Yeah, for sure. So thanks again for joining the show, Karen. Was this awesome? This was great. Yeah, so thanks a lot, Jacob. No problem. See you guys later. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please like Major League Eventing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And join our community, Major League Eventers, on Facebook. Cheers!